Welcome to ResTalk, your source for the latest insights, trends, news, and resources from leaders in the building performance and rating world. Here's your host, a committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, and the podfather of energy efficiency, Bill Spohn. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the ResTalk podcast. It's our goal here at ResTalk to communicate late-breaking news and thoughtful insights about the vast array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to the broad array of stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. Whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. I guess I should add educator to that list. In today's episode, we chat with Michael Lee, coordinator of the Construction Technology Program at Texarkana College in Texarkana, Texas. We learn of his backstory, which led him to this role, and he thoughtfully describes the approach he has taken to building the Construction Technology Department at Texarkana College. Michael describes the students that come to the program, where they come from, what they're taught, and where they end up working. He spends extra effort in enriching his students' instruction by getting students out into the field at events like the recent ResNet Texas Home Builders Association event into factories by bringing in guest instructors. We also discuss how he includes the principles of energy-efficient construction, including the house-as-a-system approach, her scoring, and using the latest techniques and materials. There's a bunch of links in the show notes, including links to details on the construction program, the degree plan, where the construction technology program is making the news, and a couple of Mike's favorite learning resources that he mentions in the course of our interview. There's also a link where you can reach Michael via the Texarkana College website. Let's get to the conversation with Michael Lee talking about the details of the construction technology program at Texarkana College in Texarkana, Texas. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. You attended one of the Texas Home Builder Association events. We'll get into that, but first, give me a little background about you and the program at the Texarkana College? I've been with Texarkana College about eight years now, and seven of those years have been in the teaching capacity. I actually came through this program as a student before starting my career here with the college. I personally had a background in doing more residential remodel work. I'd done some woodworking with my papa and his shop growing up, and always had a passion for building and constructing. So when I found out we had an opportunity here locally at our community college to get a better education, a better understanding of the framing process, especially the building process and how everything came together, I took the opportunity to educate myself a little bit more. So about halfway through the program, I became a lab assistant with, they needed somebody just to be an overseer and had a little bit of experience. And then as the lead instructor left, they asked me to fill that role. Since then, gone on and built, remodeled several more houses, close to 20, give or take. And I just really love the idea of teaching someone else how things come together, teaching them the process of building, of construction. It's an art form as much as it is a technical aspect. So, Very cool. And within that, you incorporate called smarter or better building techniques and things that lead to homes with better HERS ratings, with resident HERS ratings. Have you ever any of the programs or the projects been rated? No, we work closely with a builder here in our area. His name is David Bolt with Bolt Construction. And he's one of the ones that really brought this to the forefront of 
at least us trying to be better about what we're teaching. He was one of the first ones, at least from my experience, to do a blower door test and explain some of the reasoning behind the complete envelope system of the houses that he was doing. He's a big advocate, too, for leaving sensors behind, whether it be in ridge boards or crawl spaces, inside walls. And he's really done a lot of just research on his end to determine what methods have been best and what's actually showing the better HERS ratings that he could have before we even had HERS raters in our area. So when we went to the Lunch and Learn with the Texas Home Builders that hosted that, that was just even more confirmation that we were on the right path and what we're showing our students and trying to educate them on. So it's still new for our area. It's a little bit of a less educated area when it comes to that, but we're doing our best to try to get our, not only our students educated, but also our contractors that we work with from our advisory board educated on what this means to have a higher energy efficient rating and how that could help them sell their homes that they're producing out there as well by having this rating and what that benefit really is, not only to the homeowner, but also to the environment and whole. So very good. What's the structure of the program, like daily, evening? We are a community college, and we're a workforce-focused program for us. They can obtain associates, but that's usually after they spent the year-long training with us. So it's a daily program. We run Monday through Friday, 8 to 2. And during that time, we teach our students anything from safety to hand and power tools. We get into blueprint reading as well as drafting. We obviously get into framing, envelope systems, doors and windows, roofing, all those major components you're going to find out in the field. Our focus is really introduce them to each field that's available and then let them choose what they want to go to specialize in past that point. We use NCCR, that's the National Center for Construction Education Resource. We use that curriculum as well as that accreditation program because here in Texas, we don't have a requirement for a general contractor's license. We figure this is the next best thing or even a better thing for them to be able to prove credentials through taking these standardized tests and assessments that have been put forth by NCCR. What's the trend been with students in the classes? A number. A number is, I'll be honest, COVID had a big hit on us. We dropped pretty low. We got down to where we only had about five students or so in the program. I would like to say, though, this semester we're back up to about 17 to 18. And we've got a handful, about five dual credit students coming over, too, from local high schools. They get to come for a shorter time, about two hours a day. But our adult students' numbers are looking like they're on an upswing. Just letting people know there's more to construction than just swinging a hammer as well. We need people who can be HERS raters. We need those that knowledge base out there, home inspections, so on and so forth, managers and estimators. Do you have any career paths you could talk about being there seven years, people you've followed and tracked? Yeah, we've had some pretty great success stories with some of our students. Several have gone on to work for other companies. I'm proud to say, I know for the ones that I've taught anyways, I've got five of them out there that are running their own companies now. One's a timber framer. The other two are general contractors. Three actually went further. One went into safety management and now has his own safety company. He's doing the DFW area. There's been some pretty great stories that have come out of us. And some of them just end up being helpers. Some of them just come to learn and they take that back to their residence and maybe they can improve their own house or their own properties. But I'd say we have about 70% end up in the industry, 30% fall into another industry somewhere. But yeah. So with these building revelations into houses a system concept, how does that play out in what you teach? The way that we've used this to instruct with is we basically build a structure 
We call it a module, but it's a small structure where half of that structure we build using traditional framing methods and the other side or the other half of that structure we build using advanced framing techniques. So minimized header sizes or insulated headers, open corners, California corners, ladder bracing, those things. So we'll put in T-partitions. And then after the house is insulated and finished, we put heat lamps on the inside and then look at the ratings we can get just from thermal flare ratings. And we can say, okay, here's where you're seeing heat transfer. Here's where you're seeing no insulation value. And they're able to actually visualize now the way that they framed made a difference on the efficiency of the heat transfer of that particular home. Same with our doors and windows. We'll do one where we do minimal flashing and gap fill insulation, and we'll do another one where it's properly flashed and installed, and they can really see that air leakage difference. And David Bolt, like I said, I hate to shout out to him again, but he's been awesome. He'll actually bring one of his door blowers in after we get done with that and actually rate our structures for us to show us, do we have leakage points? Do we have places that we could do better? And it allows them to see the difference of putting a seal sealer down, putting some different insulation gap fillers in places too. Yes. Do you get big reactions from the students? Oh, yeah, usually. And especially the ones that have been in the industry before and have come back to us to get a little bit more formal training. They absolutely see things that they then take back to their crews. Or here recently I had a student that his dad's a contractor. They're very much always trying to be more efficient, so on and so forth. And he's 19. He had been on a framing crew for about a year or so. He took his information back to those crews, and now they've implemented several of these things into their more advanced framing techniques and insulation values. So it's been encouraging to see some stories like that as well. So was this something that you, a concept you borrowed, or did you just develop it? A little bit of both. Coming through the program originally and being taught mainly just traditional framing, but then trying to be a student myself and constantly being up on what the APA releases as far as new and better framing, and then attending different things like what we saw with the ResNet Lunch and Learn with the HERS ratings, and seeing that the future of this, if we want to be green, green doesn't just institute us using sustainable goods, it institutes us building a better, tighter building to use less energy during that process as well. So a little bit of a hybrid. I've looked to some other things, but APA, I lean on pretty heavily as far as technique or what needs to be taught. Our curriculum does a good job too through NCCR of suggesting different module profiles. But past that, it's just things that I've developed to say, hey, how do we can visualize what we're trying to teach here? And by doing those things with the flare cameras and the heat lamps, it really lets them see, and then the blower door test as well, allows them to see air leakage points that they could then be tighter on the next time around whenever they have a project to build, hopefully. So... Do you ever get any pushback like, oh, this is going to take too much time. This is complicated. Why are you making me do this? Mr. Lee, come on. My students less so than my contractors on my advisory board. Oh. <laughs> I've had a couple call me back and let me know that they don't frame that way. And I just let them know. And it's usually a, a fun conversation by the end of it. But And that's why I teach both. I teach traditional framing for those guys who are still out there putting three studs together for a corner with blocking and leaving those voids, in, which is fine. But several of them have seen the benefit of it as well. But yeah, students, not so much. Students are always eager, it seems, to learn more about better ways to do things. It's my more seasoned contractors and framers that are usually a little bit less apprehensive to take on these new techniques. They just not don't see them being proven yet. But we'll see. I think time will show that change is the only constant we have in life, right? So Absolutely. It is indisputable. So in the program itself, it's not just all about construction. Say the associate program, there's other modules in it that round out the individual. 
Yeah. At Texarkana College, at least, we have several avenues that are just focusing on particular skilled trades. Construction is our title. We mainly focus carpentry during this time. I'd say 70 to 80% of what we teach is carpentry. The other percent of that, though, is mechanical. So we do introduce some HVAC components. That being said, they just understand the refrigeration cycle and looking at SEER ratings, looking at BTU ratings to determine what size unit a place would need. We don't go deep into that, but we do have an HVAC program. If they find interest in that, we can shift them towards going through that and learning some more of the needs of those licensings that come. Same thing with electrical. We're going to touch on electrical with us as well and some plumbing. We haven't developed a true plumbing program yet, but we have a fantastic electrical program here. And any student that goes through any of our workforce programs, which is traditionally a one-year program, has the option then to come back for another one or two semesters and get some academics with like a learning framework, a speech class, some basic math, comp class. And through those 18 hours, we then developed a associate's program for that student. And one of the lesser known ones we have, too, is our new OSA, which is kind of an occupational safety award, occupational skills award, excuse me. And OSA is now being developed for just nine hours of credential that allows them to get a helper certificate. So if somebody just wants to get their foot in the door, we can at least get them to read a tape, know what their tools are, and be able to see some basics and then send them out to a construction crew with a little bit better skill set than maybe they had just coming off the street. So that's our helper certificate we offer as well. And Where are you actually located in Texas? It's a big state. Yeah, we're the eastern tip. So we're a border state, our border city. We have half of our city is Arkansas, half of us is Texas. And Louisiana is about 20 miles down the road. Oklahoma is about 20 miles up the road. So we're right there in the four-state area, the very furthest tip of Texas you can come to. So Very furthest Eastern point. Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. So northeastern point right there. We're about two and a half hours from Dallas, about an hour and a half from Little Rock. So we're fairly centrally located as far as that goes. So yeah. So the deployment of students into the workforce, there's a number of different geographic areas. Yeah, most certainly. And we've got a couple of bigger firms that station here out of Texarkana that do excavation from here to Longview up through Oklahoma City. We can stay away from the DFW area because there's plenty of contractors there. But yeah, there's definitely opportunity as they leave us. They've got a pretty good sized net they can cast out there to get employment with for sure. What's the outlook like for graduates of the program? It depends on their skill set and what their previous experience was. For the most part, my guys would start anywhere from 17 to 22 an hour on a crew, knowing that they're not quite that journeyman level, but they're close enough that they could do wall layouts. They can do rafter layouts. They have a good understanding of stair stringers. And once again, it just depends on where they want to head. We do a lot of estimation work. So some of them end up just working an office job as an estimator. They're fantastic candidates for any sales position for most part. If they want to be out there framing, they've got a good chance to do that cabinet and trim as well. And once again, it just depends on the students. I hate to say their comprehension, but how well they really took some of this information in. We get some that come in, they don't know how to swing a hammer. We've got some that come in and already have some experience. So the outcome of those two students is obviously quite different. But we always just try to think that we're building skill sets and skills are always something that get built over time. That's nothing that happens overnight. And so the more they do it, the better they're going to get at it for sure. Is there anything like next in your vision for the program, 
or the students? We're looking to try to develop a better plumbing program here. This just when the college itself, we feel like that's a real need that we have in our area. We've got those that are aging out. But as far as our program here at construction, we're just trying to give them the education they're going to need to be ready for that next wave of, like I said, advanced framing. This is something that's not really been publicized a whole lot for our area. And so getting them educated on what it means to have a high efficiency rating, like a HERS rating, and know what goes into getting that rating, blocking off little small patch holes and things like that, make a big difference, I believe, in the overall quality of our student that gets produced. Are you networked outside of your area with other like-minded instructors? Yeah, we've had an opportunity. I was brought on with NCCR's subject matter experts panel recently. So I've been working with some groups that are out of South Carolina, Kansas, through the Kansas City area there, as well as some guys that are even up in the northern Pennsylvania area. So we come together to review test questions or module things. And by doing that, we get different viewpoints of me being in the South versus some others in the Southwest and then maybe the Midwest, different building techniques and different ways that we're going to be producing. But we can all come together and say, well, this is the standardized way we see things getting put together for that purpose. Outside of that, I've used some of the forum boards with the HBA's forum posts that they have available to troll through there and get some information on how different people are preparing. But as far as educators, that's the main way I've connected just through NCCR's network with those things there. We do work with a handful of companies. We'll get contacted occasionally from traveling construction, whether it be civil or commercial constructors that look for traveling carpenters. And we've worked with some out of the Oklahoma City area. Shreveport's not too far down the road. We've worked with some guys that are based out of there as well, so on and so forth. But yeah. You mentioned some of the students are coming from the high school too. How are they selected and how does that go for them? Oh, of course. Yeah. So with our high school, it's a dual credit program. Texas is recently with House Bill 8 really been a big push for getting a more educated workforce available. So we're really excited right now that anyone who wants to be a part of our dual credit program, we think that there's probably a way we can find financing or funding for them. They're not eligible yet for what consider Pell Grant money, which would be more of an adult student to get paid to come to college or paid for courses that way. But with this new bill that the House has passed in Texas, at least, if they're eligible for free and reduced lunches, that then guarantees them free tuition or paid tuition for our courses here that we offer. And that's across the board, whether it's academics or workforce, but we're seeing that to be a huge benefit for our workforce programs in that we can bring those students onto campus and train them for two hours a day to get them prepped and ready for a job that's outside of a fast food or retail environment. We're giving them the opportunity to go get a career out of high school with that. So the way we have them set up is traditionally over a two-year period, usually their junior and senior year, we give them the basics of our OSA, that Occupational Skills Award. So they're coming out with basically their first semester of our course done, but that allows them to then promote themselves as a helper, knowing that they can read a tape, they can use their hand tools, they know safety, they've got their OSHA 10 certification, and they're ready to go to work if they choose to just right out of high school at that point. So say one of the listeners to this podcast, it triggers with them. It's like, dang, I want something like this in my area. How would they go about this? 
I would suggest for them to reach out to one of their local community colleges like us. We've got several throughout the state of Texas or even through Arkansas and dual credit, which means they're getting credit for high school and college at the same time. I think that's a great place to start is just reach out to them, see if they have a program available. And if they don't, there's other grant possibilities for them to start something like this at their high school level. We just recently had a JET grant presentation, which again is a grant that we received not only for our college for our dual credits, but also for six, I believe, other local institutions that are partnering either with a community college or teaching some sort of ag, welding, or construction building trades program on their campus. And what this does is gives them monies to develop that program for plasma tables, for CNC machines, for miter saws or welding booths and exhaust hoods and things like that. So I think the ability is there. You just may have to ask the question of who can help facilitate this during that time. So, Do you ever have any guests come into the program? We do. Yeah, we constantly welcome local contractors to come and speak. We usually have up to three or four guest speakers in classroom throughout the semester. And then we take at least one, if not two to three tours to different sites during that semester too. So we'll go to, let's say, a West Fraser wood mill and see how lumber is being produced there. Look at the mechanical components of that, of the steam systems and things like that as well. Then we make over to a couple of residential sites, make sure we're seeing what they're framing like talk about how we could do it better, talk about with the builders. And that's always opened some doors too of saying, hey, have you looked at this or have you heard of this? And sometimes it gives us an opportunity to be an advocate for green building or advanced framing just to talk through some of those things. We'll also go to some different commercial sites. We recently had a breaking of ground for a a regional hospital that's being built. So we're getting to work with Robinson Morton, which is a larger construction firm out of Alabama that specializes in medical fields. But our students are able to see the BIM that have been produced there, talk through the virtual reality process. So they actually had the surgeons come in and make sure everything's going to be positioned properly for them in the surgical suites. And they're getting to see the footings all the way up to the steel coming up now. We're going back for composite floor systems later this fall as they start to pour their floors out there and envelope systems as far as the curtain walls. So they really get to see a lot of different aspects of the field, whether it's in the classroom and then also they try to get them out of the classroom to see that in the field as well. Yeah. Amazing. If I were younger, I'd want to be your student. (laughs) It's a pretty fun program, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know how to keep it interesting and meaningful at the same time. Congratulations with what you've done with things there. Thank you. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to give the listeners? I think most of the listeners here would probably be those who may be established. Take some time and teach somebody underneath you. I think that's one of the biggest concerns I have about the ones who are aging out or retiring out of our industry is that for so long, there was this fear that if I teach somebody my job, they're going to take my job. And now we've come to the end of this and we've had this gap of people not really mentoring those up underneath and really training them up on what's important and what needs to be taken care of on these sites and to be able to produce these things. There's plenty who do a great job of it, but there's far too many that have hoarded their knowledge and not shared it with others along the way. And lastly, I think to not be afraid to make any mistakes. I always tell my students that mistakes are just learning opportunities. And we obviously want to minimize the learning opportunities, but we also want to maximize our learning from those opportunities. I believe that would be just the closing I would have for that. And one final thing, any kind of resources you use on the internet that align with either the details of the construction or anything like that? Sure. 
as far as online content, not as much other than just some of the APA publications that I'm subscribed to. I'm a big follower of Matt Reisinger on The Build Show for YouTube. It's probably one of my favorite just to binge watch on that, just to see how we're changing and what we're using with sustainable goods. And he's really good about explaining some of that stuff. So if you're into YouTube University, then most certainly he's a great one. Essential Craftsman with that group there as well. Outside of that, NCCR has been my biggest source of information and just relying on them, having a very carpentry, not really carpentry, but just very focused on what's actually being taught is what's being done in the field. They do a really good job of making sure that what's in the textbook is really applicable to the sites and what's being done there. Very good. It's been a fascinating interview with you, Michael. Really appreciate the time you took to explain to us the impact and the tie-in with HERS ratings and better building, better construction. And you're at the forefront of creating that. So thank you for your efforts in that regard. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. Hope you got a little bit more information about the best practices in construction technology education with Michael Lee of Texarkana College. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional, R-E-S-N-E-T forward slash professional to learn more or join an email list. Or at the top of the page there, you can see a link to past editions, past episodes of the ResTalk podcast. A quote for today by Jim Rohn. Whatever good things we build, end up building us. I think that rings loud and clear for the discussion we had today with Michael Lee of Texarkana College. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet of what you heard here, like to hear a new topic covered, or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet, R-E-S-N-E-T dot U-S. If you're not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by William P. Spohn, LLC, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. We would appreciate a review on iTunes or on the podcast app. This will help others find the show. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.